the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. God gives us guidance, and it's a good thing he does because it keeps us from wandering off into areas of danger. But it's not only for our welfare to keep us from dangerous paths that God does this. He primarily does this for his own glory, his own glory. Notice how David ends verse 3. He says that the Lord guides us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's not about us. It's about him. See, God is honored when you and I, as his sheep, follow him. I think it was about 22 years ago, in a management course I was attending, the instructor said something that has been stuck in my brain ever since. He said, your job is to make your boss look good. Hmm, Wow, that seems awfully simple at first, but really when you think about it, it's very profound, and it covers a lot of ground. And I'm convinced that it applies even more so to the Christ follower. Our job is to make our Lord look good. Johann Sebastian Bach apparently thought the same thing when he composed his music because he said, All music should have no other end and aim than the glory of God and the soul's refreshment. Where this is not remembered, there is no real music, but only a devilish hubbub. Everything that you and I do or say should be thought about in the light of whether or not it honors the Lord Jesus Christ. This is verse by verse. I'm your announcer, Jerry Peterson, and our teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff, will be back in a moment with the continuation of our series in the 23rd Psalm. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been serving in that capacity since 1981. Verse by Verse is the radio version of that teaching ministry. In our last class, we considered a phrase King David expressed about God in verse 3 of Psalm 23. He said, He restores my soul. Now let's review some of that information and then follow on to the next statement. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Here's Pastor Steve Kreloff. And what this all means is that no matter how far we may have wandered from Christ, no matter how much sinful behavior we have engaged in, no matter how long we have let our lives fall and how low we have let it fall, there is hope. There's hope. And there's hope because the word of God tells us how to get back to the Lord. Where does it begin? It begins when God uses his word to expose us for what we really are. And in doing so, he brings us under deep conviction of our sin so that we can stand the way we've been living. I think the best passage on this is Hebrews, New Testament, Hebrews chapter 4. This is what the Lord does. This is the work in our hearts. It's a painful work, but a great work. Brings pain to us, but it also brings great delight eventually. Hebrews chapter 4. Notice what the writer, the inspired writer says, starting in verse 12. Speaking of the word of God, he says, For the word of God is living and active 
and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrows, and able to judge the thoughts, and notice this, the intentions of the heart. God's word looks at our motives, why we do what we do. And the writer goes on to say, there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. What a magnificent statement on the word of God. You see, the way back to the Lord, the way to be restored, it all begins when the word of God turns on the light. It turns the light on your sinful attitudes. Those attitudes that lead to sinful actions, the motives, the intents, the why we do what we do, those attitudes that we hide in our hearts that nobody knows. Nobody knows what they are, but we know them. We know them. We see them because God's word reveals them to us. What am I talking about? Pride, lust, jealousy, covetousness, resentment of others sinful ambitions, the arrogance of never thinking we're wrong, the control factor that everybody has to do what I want them to do. All of that lurks beneath the surface in our hearts, pushing us into behavior that is wicked and evil. But it all begins with those attitudes that nobody sees. But the word of God exposes them and we see it. We see them for what they really are. We see what they really are and how far we have strayed from the Lord. And if we're true believers, if we really have been born again, we come to our senses when this happens. And like the prodigal son in the parable, the prodigal son, we return to the father. It says he came to his senses. What am I doing? He went back to the father. We return how? We return by confessing our sins. We return with an attitude of complete repentance. We forsake our sin. We turn back to the Lord. We confess it. We agree. This is wrong. We don't make excuses. We don't justify it. We don't say the the end justifies the the means. We embrace 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we don't have to wait until we forgive ourselves. That's not a biblical concept. You didn't sin against yourself. You sinned against God. Ask God to forgive you, and then you accept it. he has by faith, whether you feel like it or not. And that's when restoration takes place, when we repent. But what was the Lord doing this, this whole time when we were straying from him? After all, David said that it was the Lord as his shepherd who restored his soul. So, so what does our shepherd do when we wander from him to bring us back to himself? Listen. He goes after us. He goes after us. I want you to look at Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. This is in the very context of the prodigal son story. But this is so precious. Luke chapter 15. This is a picture of our shepherd. Starting in verse 1. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him, near Jesus, to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, saying, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you, 
that in the same way there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Now, Jesus always attracted the outcasts of Jewish society. These people, tax collectors, sinners, they were always drawn to Jesus. They knew that he loved them. They were drawn to his teaching, which was non-legalistic, filled with mercy and grace. They knew that he cared about them. They knew that he was interested in them, unlike the Pharisees who were interested in nobody but themselves. Pharisees and scribes, they knew, hated them. They knew that. What we have here is Jesus telling us that they complained to him about socializing with such riffraff of Jewish society. Now, in order to explain why he socialized with such sinners, Jesus tells this story, this little parable, that illustrates his loving pastoral heart. As he told them about the shepherd, who really, it's a picture of him. The shepherd who having a hundred sheep, when just one goes astray, he cares about that one. That's his heart. He goes after that one wandering sheep, and the beauty of this is he does it until he finds it. And what does he do when he finds it? He rejoices. In his joy, he picks up that that straying sheep, lays it on his shoulders, and he carries it home with him. And when he gets home, Jesus said he's so happy to have his sheep back that he calls his friends and his neighbors to rejoice with him and, and have a party. Because he's found and he's restored his sheep that was lost. And the whole point of this story is summed up in verse 7. I tell you, and the Lord is telling this to the complaining, arrogant, nasty Pharisees. I tell you, and he's explaining why he does what he does. In the same way, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Now, the Pharisees thought they were righteous and they didn't need repentance, but they were not righteous. But that's not the primary point of this. The primary point is to say that the Lord goes after the sheep who stray, who know that they're sinners. This is the Lord's answer to the sinful attitudes of the Pharisees. He said there is joy in heaven. This is the heart of God, joy in heaven when a lost sheep repents and is restored. In other words, God is is thrilled when one of his wandering people return to him. Now, folks, Think about what this parable tells us concerning Christ's role in restoring us as his wandering sheep who get away from him because of our sin. We learn that he takes the initiative. He takes the initiative and he goes after us. I love that. And he doesn't stop pursuing us until he finds us. And what does he do when he finds us? He rejoices. Now think about that. He's not angry. He's not upset. He doesn't reject us. He doesn't beat the little lamb. He rejects. Some of you want to, I know, but thank God for his mercy and grace. Instead, he rejoices. He lifts us up in our weariness and he even carries us home because the sheep is so tired, been wandering away. Now, folks, this is the mercy of God. This is the grace of God. This is the kind of merciful shepherd we have. Even though we've been sinning against him and we've dishonored him, his name, and we've brought shame to not only his name, but but to ourselves, he rejoices when we repent and he expresses his unconditional love to us by picking us up in his arms and lovingly carrying us back home. Listen to these great words by John MacArthur from his book about the prodigal son. It's called A Tale of Two Sons. As MacArthur 
author explains the compassion of the shepherd in this parable towards his wayward sheep. He writes this, there's an image of compassion and an illustration of divine grace in the way the shepherd lays it on his shoulders and brings it home. He doesn't beat or berate the wandering sheep. He doesn't even leave it to the sheep to travel home in his own power. He lifts it up and carries it. And he does so with joy and delight rather than anger or exasperation. In fact, in Jesus' account, the shepherd is so delighted over the return of the sheep that he calls together his friends and neighbors to celebrate. Now, I realize that in the context, the, this is primarily an illustration of unsaved people repenting and coming to Christ for salvation. I understand that. But it certainly reflects God's heart in pursuing any of his sheep. This is the heart of God, those who already know him when they go astray. His heart is the same towards the lost as it is towards believers. He wants us to follow him. He goes after us, and he goes after us until he restores us. See, and true sheep do get restored. One of the marks of being a true believer is that after going astray, you do eventually repent, and you're restored. Those who claim to know Christ and then wander away to the point that they denounce the Lord and they refuse to ever repent, they prove that they were never one of Christ's sheep to begin with. You see, if you claim to be one of his sheep, but you never follow him and your life is characterized only by rebellion, then you reveal you never knew him in the first place. Listen to what Jesus said concerning his sheep in their relationship to him. John 10, verse 27. My sheep, he said, hear my voice and I know them, meaning he has an intimate relationship with them and they follow me. Not they might follow me, Not they claim to follow me, they actually follow me. Now, this certainly doesn't mean that our following is always going to be perfect in obedience, but it does mean that the general direction and the general flow of your life is to follow Christ. And those times when we do stray from him, they're rather brief, and they're not characteristic of us because what really characterizes us is that we follow his voice, which simply means we follow his word, the Bible. So the Lord restores us when we wander from him, which is wonderful news because it means that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. John chapter 10, in that teaching, Jesus speaks about we'll never perish. We will never wander to the point where we're going to wander into hell. Once you know Christ, you belong to him, and he'll always go after you if you stray. But here's some more good news. He doesn't return us to himself just to leave us on our own so that we're not sure what direction to go so that we might just stray again because we don't know what we're doing. He makes sure that we have his clear guidance so that we don't needlessly wander off again. That's why David goes on in the second part. You go back to Psalm 23, second part of verse 3 to tell us how the Lord keeps us close to himself. After telling us that he restores our soul, David says, he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. David wants us to know that our good shepherd, the Lord, gives us his guidance so that we follow him down the paths of righteousness so we don't keep going astray. Meaning these paths of righteousness, how he wants us to live. In other words, he guides us so that we don't stray and fall into deep crevices or off of steep cliffs like some sheep are prone to do. So 
what is this guidance that the Lord provides for us as his sheep so that we walk in the right paths rather than straying from him? He guides us by the word of God. See, the way he restores you to himself by using his word, that's the same way he keeps you close to himself to keep you from going astray again. This is precisely what the Apostle Paul said was the purpose for which God gave his word. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we have this magnificent statement by the Apostle Paul in verse 16, where Paul says, all scripture is inspired by God. It means that all of scripture, every word of scripture is breathed out by God. God is the primary source of scripture. Every word is his word. But Paul also said it's not only inspired by God, but it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Now, let's think about this. The Bible, Paul says, is profitable for teaching. That's, that's doctrine. What we believe and how we live based on what we believe. It's not doctrine that's separated from practical daily living. All scripture is inspired and profitable for doctrine to teach us. This is what we believe. This is how we ought to live based on what we believe. And when we get off track, Paul said, Scripture reproves us. It rebukes us. It tells us we're wrong. We've gone astray. You've moved off the right path. So you need to get back. And that's where Paul says, Scripture is profitable for correction. It not only tells us where we're wrong, it tells us how to get back on track It corrects us so that we, oh, okay, I'll get back on the right path. But how do I stay on the right path? Well, Paul says it is profitable for training in righteousness. It instructs you so that you stay on track so that we walk down these paths of righteousness. The word of God is sufficient. It's sufficient for your spiritual life and growth. See, folks, the only way we can walk with the Lord and not wander from him is by listening to his voice. That's why that song was great, that last song, We Are Listening. We are listening to his voice, which is his word, the Bible. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So make sure that you are looking to his word, not leaning on your own understanding. You and I desperately need the word of God every day. That's why I keep hammering home the importance of a quiet time. Don't just, don't just come on Sundays. That's the only time in the week you hear the Bible. Listen to the word of God every day. Follow what scripture says. So God gives us guidance. And it's a good thing he does because it keeps us from wandering off into areas of danger. But it's not only for our welfare to keep us from dangerous paths that God does this. He primarily does this for his own glory, his own glory. Notice how David ends verse three. He says that the Lord guides us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's not about us. It's about him. See, God is honored when you and I as his sheep, follow him. He's dishonored when we stray from him. It does damage to his reputation. Unbelievers, unbelievers scorn the Lord because of some Christians. This is why he brings us back from our wanderings, because he wants us to glorify his name by living for his glory, by obeying him. That's why he guides us in righteous paths, because he wants us to honor him by continuing to obey him. So that when unbelievers though they may disagree with our behavior, at least they'll see that we are consistent, that we're not hypocrites, that we practice what we preach and we follow the good shepherd who we say that we love. 
Now, if you have been a wandering sheep, it doesn't have to be that you've strayed that far, just any wandering. I want you to know it's time to come home. It's time to repent and return to the good shepherd of your soul. He not only will welcome you back with open arms, but in your weariness from all of your wandering, he'll pick you up and he'll carry you home. That's the kind of shepherd we have. And you know what? Point is just come home. Come home. And if you have never followed Jesus as your Savior and shepherd, then I urge you to repent today and believe the gospel. Become one of Christ's sheep. How do you do this? You stop straying from him. You recognize your sinfulness. You recognize your sin of being self-absorbed, of focusing only on yourself, and you turn from that, and you trust him to save you, and then you start following him. He'll give you peace. He'll restore your soul. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for this one verse that is packed with so much truth, Lord, so much So much that impacts us. I pray, Lord, for any of your people who are straying, attitude, words that they've said, actions that they've done, I pray that you'll bring them back to yourself, that they'll repent, that they'll confess their sin, they'll return to you and begin to to walk more closely with you following your word. I pray, Lord, for all of us who, who do know you, I pray that during the week when we are tempted to stray, help us bring these truths to our minds that we would recognize that we desperately need the word of God and we must not lean on our own understanding. I pray, Father, for those here who have never trusted Christ to be their Lord and Savior. I pray you'll open their hearts to the gospel. Only you can do that. Show them their sin. Show them their need for Savior. Show them that Christ is the only Savior. So, Lord, we pray that you'll take your word and apply it to our lives as you see fit. And may everything we do be for your name's sake. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The prophet Isaiah said when writing about Jesus hundreds of years before his birth, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Jesus took the fall for us. He paid a debt he didn't owe to save you and me. So how about you? Did you just now submit to the loving care of the Good Shepherd? If you just made that decision, I would encourage you to tell someone about it. And then find a healthy Bible teaching church, if you don't already attend one, where you can learn more about our Good Shepherd and how to follow him. Thanks for listening today to Verse by Verse. If you missed part of the broadcast today or maybe didn't hear one of the earlier lessons in this series and want to fill in the gap, all of our broadcasts are available online for streaming or download at versebyverseradio.org. There is no charge for this service, so I hope you'll feel free to make use of it. Our teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff, is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, and Verse by Verse brings you these programs as an extension of that Bible teaching ministry. If you'd like to know more about Lakeside, there is a wealth of well-organized information on the website, www.lakesidechapel.com. There you'll find Pastor Steve's full sermons available for streaming or download, or you can actually watch video recordings of his messages. 
On the homepage, you'll also find links to Verse by Verse Radio and to Lakeside's other significant ministry, Lakeside Christian School. I'll give you that web address again. It's lakesidechapel.com. The famous preacher and theologian Dr. Donald Barnhouse told about driving with his children to the town where he would preach the sermon at his own wife's funeral. He said, as we came into one small town, there was a truck in front of us that came to a stop before a red light. It was the biggest truck I ever saw in my life, and the sun was shining on it at just the right angle that took its shadow and spread it across the snow on the field beside it. As the shadow covered that field, I said, look, children, at that truck, and look at its shadow. If you had to be run over, which would you rather be run over by? Would you rather be run over by the truck or by the shadow? My youngest child said, the shadow couldn't hurt anybody. That's right, I continued, and death is a truck, but the shadow is all that ever touches the Christian. The truck ran over the Lord Jesus. Only the shadow is gone over mother. I'm your announcer, Jerry Peterson. You won't want to miss the next verse by verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff will continue our study of Psalm 23, and we will move on to possibly the most famous part of this most famous of Psalms. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. I hope you'll join us. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse by We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.